Some of you know the story behind this magnificent statue of the Pietà, which is over here in the side chapel. If you haven't had a chance to see it, please do so after Mass. It's a very special, beautiful gift to St. Anne's Church. It's number 41 out of 100 made in the world, a full-sized, authentic replica of Michelangelo's Pietà. And it came to us through a very interesting story because the Archdiocese called me a year ago and said, we have 750 pounds of pressed Carrera marble in this fantastic statue. And we don't know what to do with it. I said, I do. I said, bring it to me. They said, sure. So we did the footings underneath to make sure that the support of the church could take this beautiful statue. We removed the old confessional that was there and we created a niche for her. And in time, soon, we're going to be working to complete the marble surround so that she looks like the other Mary Chapel here and very beautiful. So the Archdiocese called and I said, I'll take it. And I said, but I want to know what's the price. They said, there's no price, it's all free. I said, that's amazing. You're sure it's free? Absolutely. Always trust the Archdiocese, right? So it arrived, it was installed. And many of you I know were here and I told you the story that this was a magnificent gift and I'm delighted that we could have it here. And then about a couple weeks later, the company that makes these statues called me and said, um, Monsignor, we're now ready for your first deposit on the statue. I said, oh no, 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 no. I, I understand it was free. Oh, free to display free to display it for four to six months, but I'm sure you can come up with the money. I said, what are we talking about? $250,000. I said, wow, is that the value? No, they said, the value is half a million, but we're giving it to you for 250. I said, what a deal. <laughs> no one had read the fine print, obviously. And I didn't read the fine print. But I was too proud to go back on my word, too embarrassed to tell you that I had messed up as your pastor. So I didn't eat, didn't sleep, lost a lot of energy on this project because I said, there's no way I'm going to raise $250,000 in six months. So I went to some friends and asked them kindly if they would help me out. I raised about, oh, $8,000. There's just no way we're gonna do this. So the weeks went by and I called the company and I said, look, I just don't know. They said, oh, you can do it. Everyone else does. I said, okay. A couple more weeks went by and on the verge of just so being depressed about this whole thing and feeling a little bit swindled, I uh, got the courage one morning after the 7.30 a.m. Mass and I went right up to her and knelt down. And I looked at her eyes and I said, um, now look, with all respect, you know I love you, but you're very expensive. <laughs> and if you want to stay, in this church, you're gonna to have to give me a very 
clear sign. Do you understand me? I'm a priest. You're the mother of God. You're a Jewish mother. We can talk, right? That very day, after the 11 o'clock Mass, a couple was outside and greeted me and handed me an envelope. And he said to me, Monsignor, you know what this is for. I said, I don't understand. He said, you know what it's for. So when I get an envelope with that kind of instruction, you want to handle those very carefully. I went back to the rectory, poured myself a glass of wine, sat down, opened the envelope. It was for $100,000. I immediately came back to Our Lady. I knelt down. I said, thank you. I didn't mean to be so presumptuous this morning when I asked you for a sign. But as long as you're giving out signs, <laughs> could I get another one? <laughs> a week later, the same donor called and said, we're on our way over. And they arrived and gave me the other $150,000. I never asked them for a dime. Our Lady did. What's the point, friends? The point is that so often we think that we can solve our problems by simply mustering enough of our own resources and talent and, and, and connections and intelligence and perseverance. I was doing that. I thought I could do this on my own. I thought I could make it work on my own. I could be so proud of an accomplishment on my own. But see, God doesn't do it that way often. Now, often enough, he says, no, I'm going to let you stumble and fall. Because you've got to learn a lesson, friend. He says, you have to learn the lesson of coming back to me. I'm your father. She's the mother. Come back to family. Come back to us. Rely upon us. Trust in us. Can you do that? And sometimes it takes humility to do that, doesn't it? It takes getting down your knees after you've tried everything. So why didn't I try that from the outset? Why didn't I just trust in God? I just didn't. I don't know why. I was too proud and too embarrassed to tell you the truth. And of course, I wasn't going to ask you for 250000 because you'd all think I was crazy. How many would say, that pastor is crazy? Raise your hands. Oh, not everyone raised their hand. Okay, so the marble surround is going to cost... Maybe someone after Mass has an envelope. <laughs> anyway, but you see my point. It's important to trust from the get-go, from the outset. And this is what our Lord says about children. He says, be childlike. Be like little children. 
children of the light in today's gospel, not children of the world, not children of the world, but children of light. The light that sees the truth that God is always with us and wants to be there with us, for us, for you, for me, for this church. And Mary wants to be there for you, for me, and clearly for this church. That's why she wants to stay here. That's why she's here. That's why she's so close to the word made flesh in scripture, the word of God that becomes the word of Jesus on an altar. You know, the saints and Our Lady and art and architecture and the sacraments and our doctrines and, and scripture itself, all these things, you and I, and the opportunity for charity, all these things are there as means to salvation. God is constantly putting in our face Sunday after Sunday, day after day, his body and blood. This is meant to be a help to us. And we think, okay, I can go back into the world every day and do my thing and, and I, I, I'll hold God when I really need him. I think a lot of us just turn to God like I did when you really need him in a crisis of health or wealth or a real problem at work or school. No, he wants to be there in the good times too. He wants us to thank him because he's always thanking us for being his arms and ears and eyes, his body on earth until he comes back again. God is grateful to us. He's always praying for us. He's always sorrowful for our sins. We treat him as though he's so beyond that I can't go to him. No, we go to him in the good times and the bad, in the sickness and the health, until death to his part. It's a marriage covenant with him. And in my pride, I didn't trust that. Didn't want to rely upon him. But that's why we're here. And that's the lesson we learn as children over and over and over again, to trust in God, whatever you're going through, little things, big things, whatever this nation's going through, whatever the church is going through, whatever this world, there's one person who has always cared for his creation because he created out of love. And his creatures, most especially you, the unique, unrepeatable reality that is you and I and each person in this world, God loves with infinite, infinite compassion and mercy. And the manifestation of that is very clear on a cross. God so loved the world. God so loves you. Even when we don't love him, he still loves us. Even when we sin, he will still remain faithful. He cannot but love. He cannot but be merciful. He cannot but forgive. He cannot but be present to you. And he cannot but be present even now under forms of bread and wine. So just when you thought your prayers aren't being heard, so often it's the unspoken prayers that are answered. And we are so richly blessed.